Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a June 29th edition of the MSP Initiative Live, or we like to call it MSP Talk. Hopefully everybody has been having a wonderful week. We are freshly back from Dublin. We'll talk a little bit about what happened uh, in Dublin this past week. Um, but before we get too far down the line, we like to do a little bit of housekeeping at the beginning of all these sessions. So that way, you know what we're up to and you know how to keep up with the fun stuff. Here we go. MSPinitiative.com. This session and every other session we've ever recorded here in video and audio format. So choose the one that fits you best. We have an event coming up in August, which is called MSP Community Minds, August 14th and 15th. So it's in Denver. We'd really love for you to join us as an MSP is 100% free to register. We are bringing two days full of content with a bunch of community speakers and MSPs. So we're going to have panels. We're going to have workshops. <clears throat> Starting to really populate all of the agenda items here. And uh, here is where we're staying. Uh, but ultimately, <clears throat> we'd really like this to be a completely educational give back to the MSP community. Topics from lead gen and marketing and MA and security, and it's going to be a lot of good stuff with a lot of good people. Um, so we flipped the bus tour into this model. We really hope people, um, you know, love the air conditioning, uh, but definitely uh, if you can mark these two dates off, register for free, join us in Denver and learn, learn, learn. This past week uh, in Dublin, we completed the MSP community block party in Dublin. Uh, that actually completes the trifecta of European block parties this year. We had London, we had Prague, and now we had Dublin. We'll be posting photos and videos of this event coming up soon. It was absolutely awesome. Uh, we're going to be doing it again next year because uh, apparently <clears throat> this conference will be returning to Dublin as well uh, that we did the party around. Um, so that was Datocon. So here are the remaining block parties for 2023. We have the MSP Community Boat Party. This is done in conjunction with our friends from Taylor Business Group and the big, big conference, which we're going to talk about on this podcast today. Um, we did this last year. ended up really well. Pictures are online. If you don't believe me, I can't wait to do it again. Then we're going to be going to Miami, and we're going to be doing the U.S. side of that conference. So stay tuned for that. And then lastly, we'll be going to Orlando. And last year we did the All American Rejects. That's right, the one you hear on the radio for the last decade. Um, so these are the remaining block parties of the year. We're excited. <clears throat> we hope you are too. We do these for you <clears throat> to give you something uh, cool and memorable. Um, so please, please, please put these in your calendar. And if you didn't like Florida, <laughs> obviously you will after these three, hopefully. Check out MSP Community Offers, a couple companies from around the industry giving us promos. For you, and lastly, our industry calendar, which is us just collecting all of the events happening from around the industry and putting them in one place so that we all know what's going on. And so you can actually uh, keep up with what's happening between now and the end of the year. And then in January, we reset and post them all again and figure out who's doing what. So feel free to jump into here uh, or if we're missing any, submit them and we will try and get them on there. So that is all of the happenings at MSP Initiative. So obviously you can see lots of things going on. While his camera may not be working, today we bring on a familiar name, 
Dennis O'Connell, love that last name since I've been in Dublin for the last four or five days or three or four days, uh, from Taylor Business Group. How are you doing today, Dennis? George, I'm excited. I got on my nice Taylor shirt. I'm, I'm all prepped. I'm ready to go. And, you know, no no video. So, okay. yeah. Technology's great when it works. <laughs> but we're happy to go radio show style today and learn a little bit. So. Before we get too deep <clears throat> into the mix, so we Dennis has been on before, as well as you know some other people from Taylor Business Group, like our friend Ken Patterson. So previous <clears throat> um, recordings of those sessions are on MSPInitiative.com under sessions. But what we definitely are excited for, and if uh, I know I've mentioned it um, as we've been going along, but Dennis, let's talk about Taylor Business Group, big big conference, like for people who. Don't even know what it is. Let's, let's let's learn a little bit about what what to look forward to here. Big big conference is um, put on by our members for our members. It is a gathering of two and a half days of really good content. Uh, we have a number of um, uh, sessions in the mornings. On on early on, we have some keynote speakers, and we have. Uh, some of our um, uh, partners get up on main stage. And then in the afternoon breakout sessions, they are all controlled and determined by our members. Uh, so we have, we, we will post the, the full agenda, uh, hopefully up by next week with some really nice, uh, they're, they're, it's really good. Uh, like to announce that, um, you know, we, uh, have have just announced that we will have um, John Hillen as our primary keynote speaker. I don't know if you know John Hillen. He, no, I don't. Let's, he, let's hear about him. He <clears throat> wrote, he and John Nevins wrote the book, What Happens Now? Reinvent Yourself as a Leader Before Your Business Outruns You. So we'll Sounds have- like a good topic. It, it is a wonderful <clears throat> topic. So we're excited to have him there. Um, we will also have autographed copies of the book for you, for you to be able to take home. Uh, if you are a uh, Amazon Prime person, it's uh, the book is free for Audible uh, right now. Uh, at least it was for me, uh, you know, half hour ago. So you know, you have the opportunity to listen to it and come prepared. Uh, we also. Um, uh, we have some a really interesting um, yet to be announced security experts that we're looking to come down and help. Uh, as usual, we have our CISO forum, Chief Information Security Officer forum. So we will have uh, folks from Huntress, ThreatLocker, uh, Security Granted, and Gradient MSP, along with hopefully a special guest and a special moderator. Um, mm -hmm. We should have that all uh, wrapped up by next week. And then um, we have a former member doing the, uh, a keynote on, on Saturday. Uh, he grew his MSP and, and actually got the largest multiple of anybody that's ever uh, left Taylor Business Group. Wow. Well, that's and a good he, story, you think? Yeah. And he's <clears throat> going to talk about how he included projects as part of MRR. 
unlimited projects as mm -hmm. part of MRR. Uh, and most people, when you tell them that, most MSP owners, they cringe, they start to shake, they, they quake in their boots. <laughs> and so he's going to come down and, and share the secret sauce of how he did that, what his all insight, all in, all in pricing was uh, on a per seat basis, and then how that drove the largest multiple um, any any Taylor business group um, owner has ever received. So we're excited to have that, you know, have him as a keynote. And we, uh, um, so, so it, it will be a lot of fun. Let me, let me tell you about a couple other fun things we're going to be doing. Okay. We have this thing that some company, I love the company, MSP Initiative is doing for us, right? Uh, last year, uh, y'all, George, rented a, a boat. It was a five-story boat. And we uh, uh, kicked off big, big on Wednesday night, going up the Intracoastal Waterway and back down. And um, if you... I'll tell you, everybody walked away from that. It was just super classy. George, you had one level for 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 you had one level for cocktails, and then this next level was for um you had some food, and then the next level was desserts, and then the top level was open, and you had a DJ, and you just it was an absolutely gorgeous night. I love how we, we separate floors by food. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and you know, if you're um physically challenged with which, which my wife is. My wife is um, uh, can can walk, but she's not far, so she's in a wheelchair. The, the boat has a an elevator. Uh, yeah, I was surprised. I didn't know that actually. That was cool. Yeah. And so she they, you know, they saw that she needed help and couldn't do the steps. And it, it was probably some of the best concierge service that, that we had gotten. I, I will I will say that <clears throat> It was one of the few events in Florida that we've done in the last 12 months where we did not have to enact a rain plan. <laughs> Somehow, some way, the weather just sliced to make that work. And I was like, um, obviously, fast forward to November in Orlando, uh, didn't quite work out that way. But hey, yeah, uh, take a win where I can get it. Yeah, we have um, on, on Wednesday. If you're an MSP owner, you don't have to be a, a member of Taylor Business Group to come, right? We'd love to have you come experience our community, talk with our members, understand what it's like, and figure out why you want to become a partner. Um, we we do have um, the ability for you to bring along your service manager at no, no cost for registration. We're doing a special service leaders um, forum on Wednesday. So the, and, and it's dedicated, the whole day is dedicated just being a service manager. Uh, and then throughout the course of the, the, the event, we will also have, hey, can I go there? That looks like a cool place. Yeah, it looks like a pretty cool, I mean, this diplomat resort is pretty neat. It's definitely uh, bringing the family vacation spot for sure. Yep. And speaking of families on Friday, over the lunch hour, if you have a significant other, uh, we are doing a, a lunch, uh, a smaller, much smaller boat designed for about 40 people. Uh, we'll go up and down the intercoastal during the daytime over lunch. So, you know, your your uh, significant other can participate. But it's really, uh, you know, what's so cool about this is 
I'd say probably a third of the people had their families with them this year or last year. Oh yeah. This, pro I mean, this property is really nice. Um, <clears throat> I think this is, uh, I think this is the second, are you doing this next year there too? I know I'm jumping ahead. I, yeah. I you, yeah. So it's yeah. second of three years. No, this was great. Um, right on the beach. And, um, you know, of course, if the weather cooperates, which you hope with Florida it does, um, this is one where you bring, you bring mm -hmm. a couple other people in the family and you make it a thing. That's my opinion, but uh, definitely good for work stuff. Good for non-work stuff. Um, you know, if you do the, if you, you know, this is a Wednesday, you know, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, <clears throat> Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning. Cool. Then you just stay the uh, weekend, right? You yeah. Just make it a, make it a thing. It's so you can, um, get, you can get the discounted hotel rate starting the, Sunday before. There you go. On, spend a whole week, spend a few days with us, spend spend a few days with your family, and uh, just make it a, a wonderful time. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, the good news here is, <clears throat> you, you know, and again, Dennis already said it, but you don't have to be a member of uh, Taylor Business Group, which is a peer and accountability group, by the way, guys. If you're not in one, take a look. You know, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of other people doing peer groups, even if it's not this one, right? It helps keep people accountable. It helps you <clears throat> download from other people's brains what works, what doesn't work, and like tries to help you like understand where you are in the thick of things and like what your outcome could be. So that's why, you know, it's actually, I'm even curious to hear what this magic, you know, projects as a service uh, thing is, because we had Reed Warren on, which I know works with you guys a lot. Mm -hmm. And he even mentioned that at one point uh, that that could help um, how the math works out in the end and how you're valued. But um, no, it's a, it's a, it's a great event. No, honestly, I stopped by for the, my first one in Arizona two years ago. Yep. And then they moved to uh, this diplomat resort in Florida, which is nice. And smart people, they're intelligent. They know their stuff. You know, people who like really understand their businesses right and like the numbers are part of that um but also some like just good industry stuff to learn right it's not just all about what you guys are doing you bring in some outside stuff too um so can i tell you a, an interesting story george about go for it Dennis. um so what goes around comes around and it's really kind of funny so uh in in 2021 uh one of our members was uh had a breakout session where he talked about uh, how he was using resources over in the Philippines and mm. how he had grown his, so it was his secret sauce and he had grown his Philippine staff from one to about 60. So, and how he had done it, all the ways he had leveraged, what it meant to his bottom line, all that kind of good stuff. Fast forward to February of this year, we had two groups that met together and three people that had sat in that session were leading a session on how they had grown their staff in the Philippines from one to one guy had three, one guy had five, and I think the other guy had four. So they, they sat in the session, they learned, they implemented it, and now they were teaching the next generation of people. So it had come full circle, right, of how... Yeah. Great ideas can move through the through the the ecosystem, through the community, um, because people were willing to share what was good and and successful for them. 
And, you know, George, there are a lot of MSPs in the world. Um, yeah, and depending on who you talk to, it could be 70,000 yeah. or it could be 150,000. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what that number is, but that's still a lot of companies. Yeah. And, and you know, our members look at it as they don't, even though our groups don't have competitors in them, when you get down to like the event like this, when people are sharing what works for them, you know, their philosophy is I'm running my business well, I'm doing well, I can compete in my market. And yes, if you're in your market, I'd love to compete with you. But in reality, in my market, there's 100, 150 MSPs, mm -hmm. right? And, and our members very rarely come across each other. Right. Because you take somebody in New York City, they may have a financial focus or they may have a um, uh, a real estate focus. You can in, in some of the bigger cities where we have more of our our members, people are in different verticals. So even though they're an MSP, they would they would never really compete because, you know, if you're if you're doing lawyers, you know, they're they're an interesting breed. But you, and if you're doing them well. Right. You're going to get a lot of them. And so then why go outside and try to understand real estate? Right. So it, it, sharing is is I mean, that's really what it's about. And I, well, I mean, we talk I mean, I talk about all the time about learning the hard way or learning from somebody else that's already done the hard way. <laughs> um, not I mean, like there's I've talked about castle mentality. Everybody thinks you're, you know, oh, you're my competitor. And it's like really are they you know like there's a lot of business out there and i don't i do not subscribe dennis i don't know if you do but i do not subscribe to the concept that anybody that needs an msp already has an msp and the only way that you're growing your business is by you know winning business over from somebody from another msp i i yeah that happens but i don't believe largely that's how net new companies sign up for msp services i i really don't um i agree with you there yeah I think it's largely exaggerated and <clears throat> quite frankly with the number of net new businesses that start every year there's a lot of business out there and i think the whole commoditization of it there's a little bit of truth to that but i think there's more truth to the hey somebody might start small but even if they go and subscribe to every SaaS solution on the planet it gets to the point where they can't manage it anyway right like so you know member we're shooting for outcomes right Technology is just a tool to get there. And um, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of parts of technology as tools. But yeah, generally speaking, I largely, uh, you know, I can't stress enough. There's such a low percentage of people in the technology services business that <clears throat> never, you know, it could be that they're, they're actually in their business and they don't have time to get away. But um, just the amount of information you can learn by talking to somebody else that's already doing this, it's invaluable. Uh, it's hard to put a number to it because there's just so much that you can learn from just a couple of days talking with other people that are in the trench like you. Um, but there is a maturity level difference between company A, B, and C, right? Like not everybody's at the same level. And it's sometimes better to learn how to get to the next stage, how to get past a certain dollar amount, how to get past a certain employee headcount um, from somebody that's already gotten there. And you can read all, you can read books all you want, but I like to talk to people. Right. I do. I, yeah. I, I agree with you. The, the whole ability to avoid mistakes 
At expensive, least expensive and time-consuming mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So George, I think then, you know, when we're talking about um, business improvement groups and peer groups, uh, one of the biggest hurdles I always hear is I don't have the time. And I, you know, I, I don't know if you hear that also. But I, in, I hear, I hear this as the reasoning for a lot of things, Dennis. Hey, I never got there. I never looked into it. I, I didn't have time to implement it. I never configured it and deployed it in my business. I never went back to my customers and asked them to make a change. I never modified my agreement. I never went back and raised my prices. Like I could go on, right? And always the reasoning is time. Yep. And, well, and, and it does it does accumulate though, right? Yep. Like all these things that you didn't do because you didn't have time. Yeah. I mean, it could be a business changer. Yeah. And we always tell people that I will give them back more time than they invest. <clears throat> and there's a couple obvious places that happens. Um, when you need to explore a solution, <clears throat> right? You go to your peer group and you say, hey, I'm interested in this new security thing. Mm -hmm. And if somebody in the peer group goes, man, I love it. It's best thing since peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, George, right? <laughs> You go, oh, okay. Well, guess what? You just saved yourself months of deep investigation. You just kind of go to the, hey, I'm going to try it stage, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> There's also the guy who says, oh, no, run. Run as fast as you can and as far away as you can. And you know what? You just saved yourself, again, months, plus all the dollars you invested in trying to roll it out and make it happen. And you know, six, 12 months down the road, you go, this was a, this was a, a time sink and a, and a dollar sink. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so, you know, you get that, there's new ideas. I tell people go, but, but everybody's an MSP. I can tell. And I go, and I tell them that you are doing something unique that nobody else in that group is doing. And you're going to, you, you're going to get there and you're going to realize that somebody's doing something you never even thought of. Right. Because you can't think of everything. That's true. And not every MSP is configured the same way. And they're not using all the same practices, policies, procedures, bundles. Uh, but there's some clever people out there. I mean, domestically, internationally, right? I mean, that the technology business is a technology business. But like some people find new angles. And like, I'm sure you've heard the, the idea, you know, nothing's new under the sun, right? Sometimes there are unique ways to do things that like, you know, you know, more brains are smarter than one brain, right? Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that concept, by the way. Yeah, we had, uh, I was sitting in and listening to a meeting with a, a new member that was went into an existing group. And he was talking, they were asking, he was doing his uh, corporate presentation where he was in front of everybody. And, you know, they were all his board was you know, his temporary board of directors. And they were asking him, what, what's your billing rate? And he told them. And it was two thirds of what, maybe a half of what everybody else was. And initially they derided him. They got all over him until he went and explained how he did it. <clears throat> and they go, oh, because what he had done was set up a, an environment where he got about one ticket a month maximum per client, right? <clears throat> so- he automated so many things that he could charge less and he was making a higher margin than them 
on a lower dollar. One and, ticket a customer per month. How many customers did that guy have? He had 40, 50 clients. So he's doing 40 or 50 tickets a month. Is it just him? No, he had two or three guys because he, you know, he, he, he had a staff, but it was just, it was interesting how, you know, originally they, they gave him a hard time for his price, but then when he explained it all, they all went, wow, I never thought of that. Every one of them had never thought of his pricing model. Hmm. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, really? <clears throat> so. No, that's good. I mean, Pete chimes in, he says, <clears throat> You know, basically one of the key one of the key things that you get out of a peer group other than accountability is you can leverage the services of the other people in your groups as a stepping stone to staffing up, right? Mm -hmm. Like you may mm -hmm. not be able to go straight to adding more headcount, but if you can leverage extra bandwidth in some of the people in your group, like you can do that safely, right? Yep. Yes, you can. I'll give you a story. We have a, a member that's in in Louisiana, and you know anybody who's ever followed hurricane season knows that hurricanes go up into Louisiana. <clears throat> and uh, first year in a peer group, the hurricane was coming. It, it, it the 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 eye was going to hit him square on, and. You know, about a week ahead, he goes, oh, yeah, you know, you talk, they're, they're chattering back and forth in the group. And as the week moved on and it got closer and the, the, the eye got, it was a class three, cat three uh, hurricane. So it was going to do some damage. About three days ahead of time, everybody in the group said, hey, if you need a person, I will free one up for as long as you need them. So he went from an eight man tech shop to a. Uh, like a, a 19, no, about a 17 man shop, right? If he needed it, you know, fortunately the hurricane shifted 50 miles to the east. And so when you're on the west side of a, of a, of a hurricane, if that's the place you want to be, because you're not getting the, the way, the way the winds turn. So he, he made it through, but, you know, he had available to him one tech from every member Wow. Help him. Right. Because they they understand that, you know, the same type of thing could happen to them. So that's I mean, that by the way, still good people in the world. Thank God. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's the first thought that came out. Yeah. Like, even if you hire somebody off the street, it still takes some time to understand the systems that you're working with, the technologies that you deploy. Like you would hope that in a peer group model, a lot of people have adopted similar things because the group is like kind of, you know, validating things collectively. Now they get this like, hey, we'll throw you a tech per company to help you kind of get through it. They're not, re they're not learning on the go, right? They're not learning on the job. <clears throat> they, may have, they probably already know this, most of the things that you're using. I mean, I don't know who has that insurance policy. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool insurance policy. That's really cool. <clears throat> the Philippines thing that I know has been pretty popular, although- yeah it can go in a lot of different directions, good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> so it would be really good to know the people who have figured it out and not <laughs> have to reinvent and learn that wheel on your own from the beginning. Um, what about the 
maybe you know, I mean, you had so many stories, Dennis, because you live in it. But what have you, you know, could you give us an example of a story where somebody other than the hurricane, because that's a negative one, like has it have you have you have any members go through a cyber situation or anything like that and were able to leverage some of the resources of the people in in, in the groups, you know, to get through it? Um, we, we don't have anybody, but we have one member that went through the Kasei event, uh, -huh. uh, but they didn't become a Taylor member until afterwards. Okay. So, you know, he, he wasn't able to leverage that. I'm not, I'm not aware of anybody else who has had a cyber event yet. That's good. Yeah. Not going stays that way. Yeah, I'm, sh I'm sure we learn. I'm sure we learned from that guy who went to the Kasei event. Though. Yeah, yeah, it it took a toll on him personally, and he had. I think he he only lost ten percent of his customers, which is a. Uh, uh, I guess in the relative thinking, right? Stop yep. the bleeding, right? Ten percent doesn't sound like it's gonna put you out of business, but still ten percent when you're working hard to add customers. Yeah. And and he's been due to the I mean he's the the people he kept and stayed on with him have been huge referral sources for him. So he he's back to where he was pre the the pre pre event, um, because he did what's right for them, right? And again, that's we as business owners that's one of the things that you have to do all the time. Yeah, you got to do what's right for your gotta do what's right for your clients i agree um and being in tough situations is part of business we all know that but um handling situation how, how you handle a situation how you approach situation could mean wildly different outcomes right yeah so you know it's like a mentor mentee type thing right you can lean on someone else and say hey have you ever run into this before how would you approach the situation because there might not be a, you know, a, a rule book here to follow, right? Sometimes you're in a, a a space you've never been in before, and I know everybody's unique. There's different personalities in the mix, but sometimes it's good to go and be able to ask advice from someone, right? Yeah, that's one of the things we try to do is provide the opportunity for every member once a year to be in front of the group where they become the the other members become their board of directors right and and i tell them when they're up there a couple of things one if if you're not uncomfortable at some time during that presentation you didn't push yourself you didn't either you didn't even you either didn't ask the group the hard question that you need to have answered or you they didn't ask you the hard question because you didn't make it available for them to ask it. Right. So, and, and, and then even when they ask you the hard question, you have to be open to it. Right. You gotta be, <laughs> you, you gotta be willing to, 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 to listen and take, take the collective criticism and not realize that it's personal. It's they're trying to help you. Right. So. Oh, people, people are largely uncomfortable when they got to talk about hard things, right? Yeah. Um, and I know that's a human being thing. Some people live for the hard conversation. Some people run away from it. Um, 
I live for the hard conversation. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> doesn't bother me uh, too much. Uh, but it's good to have them. Yeah. I'd rather have the hard conversation so that I can deal with the next harder conversation than hide from them all. And then, you know, I don't need other, I don't want to have to always run to somebody else to fight my battles, but that's just me. Uh, I'm going to pivot real quick. So yeah, I went to Dublin this past three, four, five days was the DattoCon Dublin event. And um, if you haven't been to Dublin, it's nice to go there when it's supposed to be good weather, although it's a little bit Florida-ish and it's, hey, it could be raining one second, like downpouring. And then next second, it's like sunny and you're like, just happened here. Um, Okay. Uh, So interesting, but um, no, it was a good time. I think we had eh, about a thousand people there, which is pretty good for a European event. Uh, some Americans came over, so good for them. And um, love when we're able to pull off these crazy, you know, nighttime events, right? Block party style stuff. So as you can imagine, the Europeans like to drink a bit more than than the Americans. A, a, a wee bit. Just, it, just a wee bit. Just a little bit more. Um, but it was good times. And so I'm excited, like, you know, if you create the environment where people can like have a, have a conversation, right? Like informal conversation, I like to call it. Uh, good things come from that, right? Kind of loosens people up, you know, and then they kind of get into the good, the good convos. So love those. Um, so, so George, what was the, cause I'm, I'm really interested. One, I, I love the, the Guinness pictures, right? I, I'm, I'm sure you got your fair share. But what were like one or two of the key takeaways that you got from being over there? You know, parts of Europe are a little like I feel like a years behind what we're doing now on this side, right? Like there's a de- almost like a delay where you know maybe they're three years, four years, five years, seven years behind in how they're doing business, what they're doing as part of their day to day. Uh, how they structure things for their end customers. I, I'm, it's very ironic. It's very unique how that happens because the internet's still the internet, right? <laughs> you think that the, you know that's largely available in a lot of places. So I was talking to a few, you know, several people from different countries in Europe, and like everyone says that like the Greece, Spain, like the southern parts of Europe are kind of like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We don't necessarily like new stuff. We adopt slow. Uh, obviously, you got like UK, Ireland, um, call them Nordic countries, right? Like, you know, um, like that, you know, right on the other side, including Amsterdam and Norway and Finland, you know, that kind of stuff. They're, they're you know, and, and Germany is another one, right? Where it's like, they're largely cloud adopters. They're, you know, they're drinking the Kool-Aid. They're, they're following a lot of the things that we're doing over here from a business maturity and like practices standpoint. Um, but I was just I was talking to a ton of people over there and like, you know, we, we don't have to say their names, Dennis, but you know, there's guys out there that are like, oh, you should be charging $1,000 a user, $1,500 a user, $2,500. I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, and I would say like, most people should be between somewhere, hopefully between 150 and 250 dollars a user if they're billing that way. Yeah, unless, unless you disagree. Over there, they're still charging like 50 to 60 pounds or 50 to 70 euro per per 
per user. And I'm just really low. Even when you do the conversion, you know, like you don't hear them doing 100, 150, 175, 200. And that's like really interesting to me why they're the, the shift in clock and pricing is like more than half what we're charging here. Really? Yeah. It's even the big ones, like the bigger shops that, and there's a lot of MA happening over there too, where they're like 10,000 endpoints, 15,000 endpoints, 8,000 endpoints. And it's like, so, Hey, what's your average? And they're like, yeah, 60, 65. So, and I'm like, what? And I'm just, that, that seems to be what the market price is. And like, I tried to drag out of them, like, is that just reoccurring labor? And are you separating out the rest of the products and services? And that's why you're not, it's not being combined as a single price point. Is it segregated out? And some of it is that way. And that's why their numbers are, are, are being quoted lower. But some, a lot of them know. And I'm like, I'm like, so what? then it, it, the obvious question was, well, what's included? <laughs> like what yeah, is yeah they, that, yeah and and so like it was they're you know they're it's almost a diner menu a play right where they're like hey our base service is x and like you know you want to add this 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 and this they're kind of billing them separately rather than bundling them into their base plan and I would. I don't want to say it's a race to the bottom, Dennis. Um, a lot of people are charging less than that, believe it or not. Um, and I ask myself, how is that possible? Because all the same companies we're working with here on the vendor side are there mostly, and they're not charging them half. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. So right. it's just very interesting that the market will bear a much lower price point from a positioning, packaging, marketing standpoint. And there's still, and the more you go into Central Europe and like towards, you know, Western Europe or Eastern Europe, I'm sorry. Um, the reoccurring services model is still newer. It's not widely adopted. They're still on a pay for service, break fix project, some stuff reoccurring. Um, so it does feel like they're a little bit, a little bit behind, at least where we're at here on the US. Yeah. And, and what about on the security side, George? I know security is so big over here and, you know, people are, you know, we have some really good people like Threat Locker and Huntress and Solutions Granted and people like that who <clears throat> are really making a difference. Yeah. Uh, I mean, are, by the are way, getting the same type of penetration. I mean, are, is security as focused and highlighted there? It's definitely, yeah, they're there. Everybody that you just mentioned is there, except for solutions granted, like Threat Locker, Huntress, Blackpoint. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to leave there. people out, you know. They're absolutely all there. And like, it's definitely not hidden. It is definitely as focal there in the, conversations, presentations, breakouts as they are here. I think it's a little bit, there's been a pushback on price point. I really, I've heard it. Um, I think a lot of people believe that based on what the market will bear, a lot of these security services are 
being viewed as maybe not affordable to the average company. Um, but they're some, some like there's still a large presence of security conversation and solutions. And I mean, like all the companies have a European office, like they're doing the same process. I will say that I've been going over to the UK, Ireland, you know, like since about 2015, late 2015. There's a much slower adoption before MSPs and IT companies acquire new technologies there than there are here. Like a lot of people go online, they do the research, they hit up a, a website, they say, show me the demo, or maybe there's a self-guided one, and then they buy, maybe after they kick the tires for a minute. Over, the, over there, it's a little bit old school. Like they need to see you, and you see you for a while need to maybe have a few beers on a reoccurring basis mm -hmm. <laughs> with somebody from that company. And then like a lot of people tend not to be first, like the guinea pig guy, right? Like they want to, they really want to go into a adopted, mature, like they don't want to be the first one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that tends to be what happens over there. Um, surprisingly and after i say everything i've just said there are some really large msps over there like millions and millions of dollar shop type companies right 10 15 20 30 um surprising some they have some mega msps but i guess sh i shouldn't be surprised so yeah interesting market it really is and but they won't they'll they're they're transparent they talk get a few beers going. They absolutely talk and um, they'll be honest with you they'll, yeah. but in an almost polite way, <laughs> something we yeah. don't necessarily get on this side. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're polite, but they're honest. Yeah. So, but it's, they're good people. And you know what, even if they're slightly behind where we're maybe we're on the bleeding edge a little bit here in the States and like, they're kind of right behind us. Um, especially, in like UK, Ireland, and that kind of, you know, right across Amsterdam, those areas, mm -hmm. uh, Germany. There's still some really clever people over there. Like I've heard, I've learned things from guys on the other side that I never, I had never run into here. And like, they, you know, sometimes it just takes somebody looking at a problem from a slightly different way. And like most of the way that they run their businesses over there, it's like pretty much 90% apple for apple right like same problems same challenges same issues same workflows and like eight to ten percent is like that localization effect right like something specific to their country specific to their area um and by the way like things that would not you know like things that you would look at and be like oh yeah it makes sense right like you wouldn't be mind blown about some of the localization stuff so now they have their own regulations right there's the eu um you know, kind of regulations. There's like the UK equivalent since, you know, Brexit or whatever. Right. Um, but they have, funny enough, they have maybe gone a little bit faster and a little bit further down the government heavy recommendations and or compliance stuff where we keep on talking about it, but it hasn't quite really made it onto the books. Um, like GDPR and stuff like that. Well, just even in like 
you know, Cyber Essential, Cyber 8, like they have a bunch of stuff over there like that are like, hey, these are things you need to do in order to comply kind of thing. And by the way, all practical, reasonable things, like nothing that's like, oh, wow, I hope that never comes over here, right? Like, you know, cyber hygiene type stuff, right? Um, but basic stuff, right? That they've kind of implemented as, as baseline. And they're maybe further along with the insurance companies imposing certain restrictions and, and things that haven't necessarily bubbled, you know, shown up here yet, uh, but are, you know, seems like they were going in the same direction. So <clears throat> while the prices are lower, it seems, and the security is still a conversation, but like maybe not as fast an uptick there. Like it seems like on the reverse, um, the government, you know, kind of insurance industry pushback has, has already, has already happened a little bit. Interesting. Weird. Yeah. A little bit of a weird dynamic, but smart people, um, Remember, we, you know, I think the UK has like 40 million-ish people. Um, United States, I think, has 330-ish million. I say ish because yeah, you know, things change, but um still a large population in just that one country, right? And then the rest of Europe is obviously, you know, varying grades, right? Uh coming across the uh, the channel there. So um they have they don't have as many events, by the way, over there, uh, Dennis. Um they're still, you know, like they're still all the events that kind of went away in the pandemic are largely, you know, rolling out now, like kind of like what happened for us last year. Um, but they still have pretty good, you know, channel kind of presence. And, um, you know, I like them. I do. Yeah, it's just it's nice to learn from from, you know, different pools of thought. I think it just strikes up and I, you know, some things that we may not have on this side, even though the U.S. has its own localization things, too. So. I know I went a little bit on a rant, but was super happy to, uh, you know, between London earlier in the year in March, uh, Prague, which I'd never been to before, really loved it. I uh, would definitely go back, um, especially when the weather's good. Uh, and Dublin, yeah, that was uh, three pretty good sized representations of the European market for sure. Nice, nice. I'm glad you could share with us. Yeah, and by the way, they all love Florida. So I do always mention all these crazy events that happen in Florida because we all joke about how like every other event's there anyway. And um, they always joke about Disney World. It always comes up. I don't know why. And, uh, and, and by the way, if, if you're listening to this and you're um, over in Europe, you're still welcome to come to the Big Big. There you go. Right. Well, I feel like Florida is a heavy, heavily represented coming into the tail end of the year here, but... Uh, hey, no, no, unless it's raining all week, which let's hope that that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, we've done the hurricane, George. We don't need to do it uh, again. Yeah, I try and forget it, but it tends to always come up somewhere. Uh, the rain plan. But um, no, the big big's going to be good. Um, well, how many people are you expecting this year, Dennis? We're expecting between 150 and 200 um, uh, attendees. Awesome. We have and there's a good amount of vendor you know, support on the event as well. Yeah, we, we have 30 um, uh, sponsors. We don't want, I mean, we, we prefer to keep it to that level because, you know, it, we want it to be intimate. You know, our, 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 it, our, our attendees are, 
are there. Most of our attendees are owners. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, from a sponsor perspective, it's quantity versus quality sometimes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> quality versus quantity. Yeah, no, I, I, I got you. I mean, no offense, but we've all been to a lot of shows. Hun you know, I'm going to say hundreds at this point, but I guess it depends on how much you like to travel. Um, if you have a hundred plus people with a stand or a booth or a table, whatever you want to call it, probably not getting to all of those, got to be honest. And yeah, I mean, like everybody understands the game here, right? I hate to use me and say the word game, but it like costs money to put these events on, let's be honest. And mm -hmm. like, you want to get something out of it as a person who's leaving your, your office, your business for a couple of days, trying to like gain value. Right. Um, another, another side of the equation has to be companies that are spending money to make the event happen and them making sure that there's something in it for them too. Right. So there's a balancing yeah. point, but I agree with you, Dennis too much. And, you know, gets to the point where it's feels like it's, uh, and Hey, my personal opinion, uh, spirit air frontier, those guys, right. It's like, I don't want to have to pay to use the bathroom either. I don't want to be nickel and dime to do everything. So, uh, I, and that's a joke, by the way, because that's not yeah. the case. Even though I got fooled the first time I took a Frontier or Spirit flight and yeah, somebody's like, did you get your quarters? And I'm like, oh, any quarters? Uh, I guess I <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> it happens. It totally did. And I like went and bought a back of gum, right? So I could get corner, quarters. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that guy totally got me standing in line at Philly. Um, but yeah, quality versus quantity. I I tend to agree with you. I think some of the bigger events are just you'll never even you'll never even get through those 150 whatever it is. It's just craziness. So what else is on our mind today, George? You know, um, other than just catching up on you know the mountain of mailbox items, you know, from being out for a few days. Um, I'll give you this a funny on the way out the door. Since we love to talk about travel, airports, and airport security. Did you get it uh, hammered again? <laughs> so um, I, I think they stopped it in the UK, but in the US you can, or I'm sorry, in, 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 in Ireland you can buy stuff and then get um, like the sales taxes refunded to you. Um, so that was the first time I've ever done that, by the way, right? Where like their their sales taxes, they call VAT that. Um, like in Pennsylvania, it's six percent. Uh in Dublin, it was 17%. And I was like, wow, it's a lot more. Uh, but if you're going home and you're not a citizen of um Europe, they refund you those sales taxes. Right? Yeah, you know, so I was like, okay, cool. Um, so over like I guess it's, you know, the process is like they give you the paperwork at the place you bought, whatever you bought, and you fill it out. And then when you're going to the airport, there's like a, you know, like a stand that you go to and like they basically are like, okay. And then they stamp everything and they're like, all right, six weeks later, you'll get it refunded to your credit card kind of thing. And I was like, okay. So I went through that for the first time. And um, so before I even got there, I guess they finally adopted the newer technology where like, you don't have to take your liquids out of your bag. You don't have to take your electronics out. Like they just want to get you through. And I guess like the scanner is a little bit more, you know, intelligent. So that was nice, by the way, you know, you don't have to go old school. Cause you know, some people just don't 
<laughs> don't don't you know are not rap, you know regular travelers and that's always fun yeah uh, they did make you take off your belt right so i thought oh that's odd you did like the super expensive x-ray machine and then like you you know did that the metal detector is old school I, I don't know but anyway so i went through security didn't have a problem thank god that was nice uh went to go do the tax refund stand for the first time so that was cool and then um in Dublin, and they have this now in a, a several countries, like Canada definitely has it. They make you go through the U.S. like customs border protection side in that in that country, so that when you fly back to the U.S., you're not going back through like international right. on the U.S. side. It's just like a domestic flight. Yeah. So that's cool, by the way, because like makes total sense to do it ahead of time rather than the other side. I think whoever did that part was smart. Um, funny enough to, you know, I always complain about how like it's a 50, 50 shot with global entry that it's even working when you come back into the U S on, you know, like to go past and like, Hey, you came back from another country, blah, blah, blah. They ask you questions. So if you sign up for global entry, which by the way is like TSA pre-check, but five years instead of three years. So if you like everybody gets, you know, TSA pre-check and do it for longer, but then you get the international thing too. Right. So it's combined. If you, you know, so even if you're not doing international, it almost makes sense to just get pre-checked for like, I think it's not that much more, but you get five years instead of three. Um, and then our machines actually worked where a lot of times you come into the US, it's like machines busted and you have to like go through the normal process anyway. So that was, that was pleasant. All right. To see that actually working. And, um, you know, other than the normal stuff that you get in any kind of traveling, like, Hey, we're delayed. Plane came in late weather, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And like, by the way, the whole, hey, you know, the wind behind this thing, for real, like on the way in from, uh, you know, from like East Coast into Dublin, it was like five hours, right? It wasn't like, you know, like if you go from like Florida to California, something else, five hours, right? Yeah. East Coast to West Coast, five hours. On the way back, it was like almost seven hours. It was like six and a half hours, seven oh, hours. Oh, because you got wow. the headwinds. It's like two hours difference, like. We largely don't see that here on this side so yeah well i guess gotta gotta do one extra movie on the entertainment uh just to get through the uh just to get through the flight but all overall yeah that was uh that was that was new right yeah so if you ever go across to shop on the other side you might be able to save a few bucks and they refund you sales taxes who would have thought nice yeah i'm glad you had a good travel experience this time How that's always that? good to hear yeah, I mean it. Yeah, you know, it's 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 not often, but I I like to remember them when they do happen. <laughs> yeah, and I'll you know like obviously I I mentioned a lot more doesn't go well than does, so I digress. But all that being said, my friend, I am uh, happy you're able to join, even though your camera's not working. Call tech support. You might have a few people. That yeah. Do you, do you know any uh, anybody who knows how to do I, anything I, I, like I this? Have, you know, geek, any geek, industry? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> uh looking forward to uh the big big it's we're almost in july in like yeah. two days so like in a month and a half almost two months we'll be in sunny fort lauderdale hopefully and we'll be enjoying the big big we'll be enjoying the msp community boat tour and uh looking forward to the tail end of the year but for everyone else um don't forget, we have the event in Denver a couple of weeks earlier in August. So apparently August is like a full-blown month now, no vacation. But in all fairness, 
hope everybody's enjoying the upcoming uh, summer holiday, you know, you know, holiday, which is already underway. Um, so it's Canada upper- Day on Saturday. Oh, that's right. Well, it's already a Saturday, so it's all good. Uh, but hey, just a reminder for all of those vacation goers, and I hope everybody gets their downtime. Sometimes bad things happen on vacations, as we know from a couple of years ago. So make sure that you're keeping one eyeball on all of your stuff and all of your customer systems so that you don't get caught flat-footed. And uh, definitely, uh, definitely don't look at holidays the same way. Uh, after what summer of 21 right so yeah that being said uh looking forward to seeing you dennis i'm sure i'll actually see you before uh, yeah. big big conference but uh for everyone else check out t- just google taylor business group big big uh hope it sounds like the agenda will be online for next week so and the speakers so awesome and we recorded this session so you can go back and hear you know some of dennis's stories and some of george talking about europeans and how much they drink and uh This is recorded, msbinitiative.com. We'll see you Tuesdays, Thursdays, 1 o'clock Eastern time or on the road somewhere. Thanks, Thanks, George, for having me. You're awesome. You got it, my friend. Appreciate you. Okay, bye.